All right, I am Pastor Casey. For those of you who don't know me and for those of you who are joining online, um, I have been serving at Victory for about 10 years, and I am married to Chris, and we have two boys, and uh, we are in the heart of basketball season. Uh, my husband's been coaching girls basketball for Tracy for about 14 years, um, so we are a basketball family this time of year. And now I have a boy that also enjoys basketball, Bennett. So we're in the gym about every day but Sunday, honestly. And so what's interesting about that really uh, is that a couple weeks ago, God gave me this picture. It was just really clear. I don't know if the Lord speaks to you sometimes by giving you an image in your mind, but this is what the Lord gave me. Uh, I saw a basketball player on the bench with his team, and he looked like a player, and he had the shoes, and he was with his team, and he had the right gear. He was in the culture of basketball there with his team, but when it was time to go in the game, the coach, you know, he, he goes down and he does the substitutions and gets his starting five. And he went down the bench and this basketball player was sitting there and he thought he was going in the game. But the coach looked at him and just kept moving. Went to the next guy and the next guy. And what I saw in my mind was this, this player was just distraught. I mean, he had just a bewildered look in his face. He was so shocked. He thought he was going to go in the game. He was preparing to go in the game. And he just got completely overlooked. And the look on that player's face is what the Lord showed me was like a scenario that we see in Matthew 7. There's these people that come before Jesus, and they say, didn't we do all of these things in your name? Didn't we do miracles and prophesy? Didn't we do all this stuff in your name? And they're standing before the Lord, and he says what to them? He says, depart from me. I never knew you. And I think the shock of those people has to be large in that moment. They're going, but wait, didn't we do stuff with your name on it? Didn't we have maybe even a cross on our building? Didn't we sprinkle Jesus in here? Weren't we doing these things for you? And Jesus looks at him and says, depart from me. I never knew you. And it actually, the next part is those who practice lawlessness. Well, that's a whole nother sermon. I'm not going to go to that word today. But the shock that that must feel for those of us that would be in that position. And that's what this basketball player felt when the coach looked at him in the eyes but went to the next guy because it's like the coach never knew him. God showed me this, and then I knew exactly what I was going to preach about after that. That in this game of life, where we're living for Jesus, when we get to his throne and we're standing before him, really only one thing matters. 
we think it's a lot of things. You know, we make lists of what we think matters to get us into the kingdom of heaven. And actually one thing matters on that day. And I'm going to go to John, if you would like to turn there, John 3. And some of you know this story. Others, this will be the first time you're reading this story. If you haven't watched The Chosen, the series The Chosen, I would really encourage you to watch The Chosen. It brings the Bible to life in a fresh way. You can get it on different streaming services. Anyway, the scene with Jesus and Nicodemus in The Chosen will always kind of be one that I just remember. So Nicodemus is a religious leader. He's a Pharisee. He knew the law. He knew the law by heart. He loved the law. And he was a religious Pharisee in the way that he studied the law. He would assume that he was the smartest one in the room when it comes to religion, right? Well, he goes in the night and he meets with Jesus to ask him some questions because Jesus has been causing a stir in the area. Jesus has been ministering. He's been healing. He's causing a little bit of a ruckus. So these religious leaders were uh, a little stressed out by this, this Jesus who was causing this uproar. So Nicodemus goes to Jesus, and this is where we're going to start in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says this, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things, these signs that you do, unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can this man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So, I love how Jesus describes being born again by spirit and water. Water really represents new life. Anywhere in the Bible, think of the symbolism and baptism where you're dead in Christ and you're alive with him. Water is a cleansing, a washing, a new birth. Before people would go into the temple, before people would enter the home of others, what would you do? You would wash yourself. You would wash yourself. So this actually would make a lot of sense to Nicodemus, the language that Jesus was using. Okay? He didn't quite get it, though, did he? He was still thinking physical. He was still thinking uh, how can you be born again? He did like quite connect the dot completely, but water is a washing. And did you know that in Ezekiel, six centuries before Nicodemus and Jesus was having this conversation, Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel 
prophesied this, and I'm going to read this, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. I may have that. Yep. Um, Ezekiel 36, 25 and 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And it will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So Ezekiel is foreshadowing this thing to come. When What does God say he's going to do? He's going to put the spirit, his spirit, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you. And this is what this thing Jesus was talking about to Nicodemus was, to be born again. To be born again of the spirit of God. Ezekiel recorded this long before Nicodemus and Jesus were having that conversation. And in the spirit, when the spirit of God moves in you, what does what Ezekiel say? It says, when the spirit is in you and will move you, it will move you to what? To follow God's ways, to follow his decrees. It will motivate you to do that. See, the Holy Spirit is the one thing. The one thing, when we get before God, our Father, and Jesus Christ in heaven, in our standing before him, those of us who are born again of the spirit of the living God and have that spirit inside of us get to enter the kingdom. But all those who are just practicing religion and doing good things, Like those I referred to earlier in Matthew, Jesus is going to look at, God the Father is going to look at and say, wow, they did all those good things, but I don't know them. I don't know them. My spirit is not residing in them. The Holy Spirit is the one thing that matters. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. Just jot this one down. I don't think I have it up there. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 says this. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us a spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Another one, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with what? The Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge for your inheritance, with a view of the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. What are we sealed with? The Holy Spirit. For what? Our inheritance. So that when we get and give our lives to Jesus Christ, decide I'm following him, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, you are born again. And when that happens, 
When you become born again of the spirit of God inside of you, you will be different. There are just signs that you are born again. Common characteristics that should give away the fact that, oh, he's one of those. You know, like he's one of those Jesus people. He's one of those people that love Jesus so much that they, like, it actually affects their lives. Yeah, it should. That's what born-again believers look like. They look different. Why are they different? My goodness, the Spirit of God, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the ones that spoke everything into being, the one who did all that lives in you. You should be different. You should be different. Here are some common characteristics of a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. These are sort of the dead giveaways. Sometimes when I'm walking in a store with my oldest, I'll get stopped and someone will be like, whoa, I know who his dad is, right? It's a dead giveaway. He looks like his daddy, right? Or if you see Ethan out golfing, yeah, that's you. If I, if you see Ethan out golfing and he's kind of walking on the green like this, you go, oh, that's Mike's boy, right? It's a dead giveaway, right? There should be some real dead giveaways that we are born of the spirit of God inside of us. And here's a few of them. This is not an exhaustive list, okay? But here are a few that made the top. Number one. A desire to obey God's commands and his teaching. Ezekiel said it, right? But it's also said many other places in the Bible. John 14, 23 says this. Jesus himself replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Anyone who loves me, Jesus, will obey my teaching. Remember Ezekiel said that the spirit of God would come into those and, and that it would move you. I love that. I love that word. It will move you to obey his teaching and his law. Suddenly sin starts to sting. When the spirit of God comes and lives inside of you, all of a sudden, if you are used to using the Lord's name in vain, oh my gee, Oh my GC over and over and over. All of a sudden when the spirit of God moves in, you go, Ooh, that just, that just causes me to pause because the spirit of God is in me and it grieves him. Some of you might get born again and then you're, you might be labeled, Oh, they're not as fun. They're not at the drunk at the golf course every weekend anymore. You know? I don't know. That's a good thing. That means the spirit of God moved in you and it changed you. Right? That's a good thing. Sin starts to sting when the spirit of God is inside of you. You have this desire to follow his commands, not out of religion, but out of a relationship. You know, we've heard this many times, but someone that loves their mom and dad so much. We all fall short. We all fall short. But when you love your mom and dad so much and you know that you've just blown it, I mean really blown it, what do you feel? You feel bad inside, right? Because you love them. And that's the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. We're all going to fall short. 
at times. I certainly do. But when I do, oh, I feel remorse. Why? Because I love God. Because he's inside of me and I love him and I want to follow him. It's not a rigid commandment list of things I'm trying to do. It's out of a relationship that my heart hurts. What's another What's another sign that we're born in the spirit of God? Number two, a love for others. Now, this will really, this will really cause you to pause a little bit. If you're not really a people person and people aren't your favorite, <laughs> when the spirit of God moves inside of you, he motivates you and gives you this desire to love people. It's kind of weird at first. You're thinking, oh, maybe I could buy this person's groceries or Open the door for this person or you suddenly see needs you never would have before. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in you is prompting those. He's speaking to you. He's giving you those gut feelings and those images and those words. He's prompting you to actually love people well. It's not by your own flesh. People are hard to love, aren't they? Yes, I feel that. People are hard to love sometimes, but the Spirit of God in you gives you these promptings, gives you that desire, gives you that gut feeling to to walk out outside of who you are. Casey falls short every time, but God in me can love them. God in me can see them. And what does he say about loving others? Oh, so many things, but here's a couple. John 13, 34 says this. A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you also must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How will they know we're one of those born-again Jesus people? What does it say? By this, everyone will know that you're one of those disciples by the way you love others. Now that is a dead giveaway that you are one of those born-again believers. You start loving people in a way that just wasn't possible before. A third thing, a giveaway that you're part of this body of believers. Power to share Jesus with others. This is another thing that when you're born again and the spirit is inside of you, you have this prompting this urgency, this power to actually talk about Jesus to other people. You want to share it. You know, I just wish we would be so passionate about sharing Jesus with others like people are about their products. I mean, some of you all have been changed by all sorts of products, whether it's nails or shakes or, you know, whatever. And, you know, if you're by someone that believes in a product, you'll buy it. I am such a sucker. I've gotten better, though, haven't I, honey? (laughs) Yeah. Don't let the vacuum people in your house. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. When I get by someone that passionately loves their product, I believe them. (laughs) Yes. Wow. You know, and they know that. Uh, Never go to a car dealership alone. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Um, When you believe in a product, you want to share it. Just, it's simple, right? And when the spirit of God is in you and it's changing you and you love him and you love others and um, you're reaping the reward of a relationship with Jesus, we should want to share that with other people. 
We should want our friends and our family to know Jesus Christ too. I love that. Not to call out people, but I know Larry Hansen in the back. He shares Jesus in his hair, in his hair salon all the time. Why does he do that? Because he's experienced Jesus, not religion, but he's experienced a life change. And so guess what? People start coming here to victory because Larry Hansen told them about it in a haircut. Awesome. That's what should happen when the spirit of God lives in you. So those are some signs that you are born again. If we all just took our pulse and said, okay, do I have these few things? Like, am I born again of the spirit of God? Those are some things that should give you away. You know, what breaks my heart is, is the fact that we could be at church and we could do this thing. And there could be some of us that come here even to victory and never actually give their life to Jesus Christ. And the second thing that breaks my heart, they might have done that at one point in their lives. Say you gave your life to Jesus, you were on fire, you were doing things, you were sharing Jesus, you were inviting people over, but the world has swallowed you up again. Sin can so easily entangle us when we say yes to one thing that leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. And this road, you were once following Jesus, but it kind of like goes like this because the sins just starts easily entangling you. Jesus' heart is that you would follow him and you would follow him wholeheartedly. There's no such thing really as being born again and being on the sidelines. You're kind of one or the other. And so God wants to challenge us to say, are we following Jesus? Are we following him? And if you once were following Jesus, but you've gone astray, Jesus is saying, come back, come back. I love you so much. His heart is not to scold us. He has that heart of the father and the prodigal son that went, but then he returns And he has those open arms. He's come back. Any good parent that loves their children, they go astray, but you say, come back. Please come back. I'm not going to discipline you. I'm going to love you. You're my child. And that's the heart of the father. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to where I started. And I'm going to go back to this basketball analogy. Some of us, we think that we are part of the team because we have the right gear. We have the bag that the team wears on their shoulders, you know. Some of us think we're part of the team because our feet have done a lot of good works. We got the shoes. Right? We got the, we got the shoes. We've served at the soup kitchen. We went through the confirmation class. We did the good Christian thing. We did good things. Even with Jesus' name on them. Like those people in Matthew. So we have the gear. We have the shoes. We have 
the bag. And you know, another thing that some of us think is that we're in the team picture. Like, I hang out with a lot of Christians. My mom's saved. My friends are saved. I I must be a Christian because I'm here this morning. I'm with other Christians. I think that I'm on the team. But here's the thing we learned this morning. We learned this morning that none of that gets us into the kingdom of heaven, right? Those are good things, but without the one thing, they don't matter. Now, there's a state high school rule, a Minnesota state high school rule, that you cannot play in the game at a varsity level without one thing. Well, there's several, but the one thing that really matters (laughs) is you have to have a jersey. You can be the best basketball player ever, but if you show up with all this and you forgot your jersey at home and the coach didn't bring an extra one, guess what? You're not going in the game. It's a rule. You have to have the jersey on. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. You can do all the things. You can complete all the good works. You can hang out with Christians. You can come to church here at Victory on Sunday morning. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit living and breathing inside of you, that one thing matters to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I guess my challenge this morning is that I'm going to invite maybe Olivia up to play. My challenge this morning is that, that we would take our pulse and we would ask ourselves, am I religious like Nicodemus or am I a Jesus follower with the spirit of God inside of me? Because there can be a difference. You see, in Romans 10, it's one of my favorite verses. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says what? If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For your heart, with your heart, you believe and are justified. But with your mouth, you confess and are saved. See, it is a two-part. I think I knew a professor in college that would have had the playbook. Like, he had the Bible almost memorized, I swear. He was so stinking smart. But I was, not that we should judge, but I was, I wondered, I pondered if all of his knowledge was up here. And it never reached his heart. Like, did he ever say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, here's my life. Holy Spirit, come in me. I'm one of yours now. I'm one of yours. I want the Spirit in me. Jesus said uh, in John, he said, what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. I'll invite you to stand with me now.
want you to just close your eyes. And those who are at home, too, I just encourage you, if you're washing the dishes or doing some other things and sort of halfway listening, I would encourage you to stop right now. And close your eyes at home, too. Open your hearts up to the Lord. Open your open your hearts and close your eyes. And ask yourself this. Ask God. Not me. I'm just a person. <laughs> ask God. God, do you know me? Do you know me? Ask him, am I born again of the Spirit of God? Or am I just religious? If you feel in your heart, if you feel your heart pounding a little bit, or you're feeling a little something in your stomach, and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and you have some anxiety about not knowing whether you know God. I can guarantee you, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live with an if. You can know that you know that you're born again. It doesn't have to be a question. So right now, with all eyes closed, if you don't know, if it's still just like a question mark, do I know Jesus when I get to heaven and stand before him? Or don't I? If it's still a question mark in your in your mind, in your heart, will you just raise your hand just a little to me? So I'm going to pray. Just raise your hand. I will only see it. Not everybody else will see it, just me. Maybe you just don't know for sure. Okay, thank you. It'd be a shame if you came to church every Sunday and never gave your life to Jesus Christ. Man, what are we doing here if we're not doing that? I'm going to pray. And you just agree with this prayer inside of you. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I lay it down. Forgive me for my sins. This is the prayer of the unbeliever. Forgive me for my sins. Come inside of me, Spirit of God. I want to live for you all the days of my life. Amen. Good job. That's awesome. That means that you don't have to wonder if you did that right now. You're one of his. Now go be a Jesus follower. Go be weird. Go live for him. Now, if you're here this morning... And you once were walking the narrow, like you just loved him. You were on fire. Oh, and the spirit was inside of you and it was an exciting time. But something happened. I don't know. Busyness, sin, something kind of swallowed you up and got you off target. I want you to raise your hand so I can see it while we're all still in prayer. Is there a few of you? that just need to get back on the straight and narrow. Yeah, I know I've been there. I think we all have at some point in our lives. Okay, good. I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray right now that you would just baptize these people that raise their hands in the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon them in more powerful ways, Lord, that they would feel... um, just a new life inside of them again that motivates them to share Jesus with the world. 
God, I pray that they would love you in ways they didn't know were possible and that your spirit would motivate them to live a life that's pleasing to you, Jesus. I thank you for that new life that's available to us, Lord, and the continuing filling of the spirit that we have, Father. Jesus, you're so good, and every time we say yes to you and run back to you, you welcome us. You are a welcoming Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Lord, I pray every single one at some point in their lives, Lord, will do the one thing that matters and give their life to Jesus Christ so that they can be born again of the Spirit of God inside of them, Lord. That one thing matters when we stand before you someday. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. I think we're going to close with a little bit of a um, chorus here. And um, if you did that today for the first time, praise Jesus. Will you tell someone? Tell your friend you came to church with. Tell me. Tell someone you're comfortable with. Because we're not supposed to live a life for Jesus Christ alone. We're supposed to do it with each other. So tell someone. And if you said yes to Jesus because you've kind of wandered a little bit, praise the Lord you said yes to him. God's here to love you and welcome you back to get back on the race. And guess what? You got the jersey on, so get back in the game, right? You're all part of the team now. In Jesus' name we pray. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. Jesus, for the work that you're doing in our hearts today. Lord, will you carry it into our coming day and help us to love you and love like you in a new way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be dismissed.